0: In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. My brothers and sisters, huwail <laughs> Okay, we got to try that again. So when I say Huela Maran, you know what to say, right? Okay, so Maran, shuhal shimmeh, slawafid Maryam yimme, Amen. Today, my brothers and sisters, we celebrate God becoming man. God becoming man. The technical term for this in the books is incarnation. That's what that is called. God becoming flesh. Incarnation. Can you say that word with me? Incarnation. Incarnation. Very good. Which simply translates divine taking on human flesh exactly what we celebrate today. That's exactly what happened 2,000 years ago. God left his glorious throne in heaven and became a tiny little baby, a a, a weak, vulnerable little baby dependent on on his creatures. Now, God didn't just do this 2,000 years ago. Yes, God took on flesh. We celebrate that day 2,000 and some years ago. But guess what? God is still taking on flesh. God is still leaving his throne in heaven and entering into our human world and taking on human flesh in a very specific, very special way. Anybody have any idea? We're about to actually do it here on this altar. Anybody have any idea how God is still taking on flesh? Very good. In the Eucharist. Now, There's one billion Catholics in the world today. And studies show that only 20%, or actually less than 20% of Catholics today believe that that piece of bread is actually really the body of Jesus. Majority of Catholics today, only whether misinformed or just don't know, believe that it's just a piece of bread. Many people, Chaldeans say it, I have to go take bread. I took the bread. And then we do have Catholics today that that do believe they have that faith. However, at the end of the day, there is this nagging struggle in all of us. This doubt that creeps up that says, is this really Jesus? Is this really truly God's flesh, the flesh of Jesus Christ? Now, it's kind of difficult to believe because it's like, okay, well, God... The creator of the world is allowing creatures that he created to hold the creator in their hands. Sounds bizarre. God knows this. God knows that this is not an easy teaching, that this can be difficult. It was difficult for those who were walking with Jesus. Many walked away from Jesus at the time when they heard this teaching. And many of us still struggle with it. And believe it or not... God has given us amazing signs over the years to help us in our faith. God knows that we need to see. Sometimes we're like Thomas. We need to see. We need to touch. And so God has given that to us. In the 8th century, in the city of Lanciano, Italy, there was a priest, a monk, celebrating Mass. And maybe you can relate to him that as he was celebrating Mass, he was doubting and he was thinking to himself, how can this really actually be Jesus? How can this really be the flesh of Jesus? And he just kept doubting, kept doubting as he was celebrating Mass. And all of a sudden, as he put the Eucharist down, that piece of bread turned into five pieces of real human flesh. You can actually go to the city of Lanciano in Italy, and you can actually see these pieces of flesh preserved in a church. Studies show that that these are real pieces of human flesh with real human DNA, real blood. If that wasn't enough for humans, in uh, 1996, it happened again. In the city of Buenos Aires, priest, uh, somebody found a, a qurbana thrown on the floor, the priest took the qurbana, put it in the tabernacle, and a couple days later, he comes back to the tabernacle, and he opens it up, and what does he find? They find this piece of bread turned to real pieces of human flesh. Now, many people think that the church is just superstitious, the Catholic church will just believe anything, they just tell any type of story. Uh, Oh, my statue is crying. Oh, now a 1,000 people go run to the house, right? No, no. The Catholic Church is very, very specific, particular, and careful with these types of things. And so what the church does is they hire real scientists, and usually these scientists, to avoid bias, are usually atheists. Atheists. Lawyers, doctors, all atheists who don't actually know what's really going on. When they did the studies in 1996, and when they compared these studies to the studies in the city of Lanciano, that miracle, they found this. They were both connected to the same person. The same person. And what these studies show about both of these pieces of flesh is that it's real human flesh with real human DNA, AB blood type. So now you know what Jesus' blood type is. AB, okay? From the muscle, these pieces of flesh are from the muscle of the heart that give the heart its beat, that give the heart life. Sacred heart of Jesus, we're receiving. This person actually dates back to 2,000 and some years ago from the Middle East. That's what science showed. My brothers and sisters, God gives us proof of himself. There's proof everywhere, but that's up to you and I whether or not that proof is going to be enough. God is trying to prove it to us that he is alive, that he is real, because he wants a response from us. Why would God do this, though? I mean... It's bizarre. Why would God take on human flesh 2,000 years ago and now is still taking on flesh today in the Eucharist? What is he doing all of this for? He's doing it because he wants to save us. He wants to save us from sin, he wants to save us from the devil. You and I, every single day, are fighting a real battle with evil. And God knows that. God will go to every and any extreme to save us, to rescue us from the hands of our enemies. Who's the devil? And if you don't believe in the devil, all you got to do is go on social media today. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. And so in the Eucharist, my brothers and sisters, Jesus makes it very clear in the gospel. He says in John 6 he says if you do not eat my flesh and drink my blood you have no life within you. You have no part in me. You do not abide in me. But if we do receive the Eucharist, this is what we will receive. What we will receive is what we heard actually in the first reading Isaiah he's prophesying about this child who's who's going to be God entering into this world, and he's going to save the world, and this is what he's going to be. He gives them four titles. Jesus is the same God, the same baby that was born into the world, the same Jesus entering into the Eucharist, wants to be this for us. He's called first Wonderful Counselor. When we go to the Eucharist, my brothers and sisters, Jesus wants to be a counselor for us. I don't know about you guys, but I need a counselor all all the time. All the time. Nothing wrong with getting a counselor, a therapist, but my brothers and sisters, Jesus wants to be a counselor to counsel us to live life and have it to the fullest. Many of us don't even realize that we have a counselor. You're like, Ooh, I don't have a counselor. I haven't hired anyone. Oh, no, no, but you have. Do you know who your counselor might be? The world. The devil. How, Father? Well, social media. We don't realize that social media is counseling us and telling us how to live life, dress this way and act this way. This is the life. And this is what's counseling us all day long. We're sitting on TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram. We're sitting on the, watching the news. We're listening to the people around us who are negative, who have no faith. And day in and day out, we're being counseled by the wrong thing. We're not being counseled by God. And Jesus is here in the Eucharist saying, come to me. Let me counsel you. Let me show you how to live your life. Stop listening to the world. Stop listening to the devil. Because where does that take you? It's only going to make you more lost. And ever since social media became a thing, do you know that mental illness, anxiety, and depression have gone up over 120%? That's what studies show. Why? Because guess who's behind it all? It's the devil. And this, my brothers and sisters, when we're missing Mass, we're missing our counseling session with Jesus. We're we're, missing, when we miss the Eucharist, what we're doing is we're filling our mind with junk. And so we only continue to grow more depressed and more lost. Jesus is our counselor, a wonderful counselor. Come to him. Be counseled by him. Don't be afraid to allow Jesus to tell you how to live your life. Many people, I don't need the church to tell me how to live my life. I don't need a priest to tell me how to live my life. I do. I need Jesus to tell me how to live my life. I need God to tell me how to live my life. Because I'm not smarter than God. And I'm not smarter than the Catholic Church that has been established by Jesus for 2,000 years. And so, we need a counselor. The second thing that Jesus wants to be in the Eucharist, and that he was called in the first reading, was that this child, that Jesus is our mighty God. Guys, just like just like we heard in in those two stories that this is really truly the flesh of Jesus, if this really is the flesh of Jesus, then when I receive the flesh of Jesus, his flesh enters my flesh. And what does that mean? that means that there's divine power from God entering into my flesh, entering into me. How incredible. God, all of God's glory, all of his power is entering into my very own flesh. And all of us are struggling with something that makes us feel defeated and weak. We've all got something that we're struggling with. If we're honest and real, we've got struggles that make us feel Helpless and hopeless. Our struggles might be an addiction that we're fighting. Our struggles might be financial difficulties. Health. Family problems. You fill in the blank. And these things badger us and they beat us up so much to the point where sometimes we feel so weak inside, we just want to give up. Like, where are you, God? And Jesus is here in the Eucharist at Mass saying... I'm your mighty God. And if you receive my flesh, I'll give you the power that you need to overcome everything and anything. Believe. I am mighty God. That with God there is nothing impossible. Receive power. You want the power to overcome? Come to me. There is no family problem. There is no financial problem. There is no addiction. There is absolutely nothing that Jesus does not and has not overcome. But we have to come to him and receive the power. We have to come and receive and be filled with that power. And we will see great things because God is mighty. The, sec- uh, the, the third thing that he's called is his everlasting father. When we come to the Eucharist, my brothers and sisters we are reminded that you and I have become sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. Because he died for our sins and paid the price, we now have become sons and daughters of God the Father through Jesus Christ. That when God the Father looks at us, he sees our baptism, he sees Jesus' death on the cross, and he says, this is my beloved son, this is my beloved daughter, with whom I am well pleased. My brothers and sisters, we have a loving Father in heaven. Do we know God as Father? When was the last time you turned to God and said, Baba, Dad, hey, Pops, hey, Dad? Many of us don't have a good relationship with our earthly father, and so it's very difficult for us to understand that God is this loving, everlasting Father for us. What we don't understand is that because we have been baptized, all of us have been baptized, there is a stamp on us. There is, there is this sonship and daughtership in us, this inheritance in us that can never be wiped away. So when we come to the Eucharist and we receive Jesus, we are, we are putting on our sonship and our daughtership. And, and God the Father is looking at us and saying, there's my daughter, there's my son. And God is not looking at you and going, I can't believe you came here. And God is not looking at you and saying, you know what, I'm very disappointed in you. You need to do better. No. That's the devil telling us that. That's not God. Our identity, my brothers and sisters, is that we are sons and daughters of God the Father. That's, what who, that's who you are. Your identity is not in what you look like, your identity is not in your clothing, it's not in your money. It's not in your friends, that's not who we are. Those are parts of us, but they are not who we are. Who we are are sons and daughters of God the Father through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is how we must define ourselves. There is no other definition of who we are. And Jesus just wants to show us who his Father is. Come. See what loving, everlasting Father you have that loves you, that takes care of you, that is feeding you with my very own flesh. Last but not least, he's called Prince of Peace. Jesus in the Eucharist wants to be our Prince of Peace. Peace. Nobody ever, ever goes to church and leaves church and says, you know what? That was a mistake. I wish I never went to church today. <laughs> no one. As, as difficult as it might be to get to church, right? I, I, I get it. I get it. It's not easy to get to church on Sundays. There's a thousand different struggles to get into that door, but every time we leave, No matter how much you're fighting God, no matter how much you want to fight your faith, no matter how much you want to fight people around you, no matter how angry you are, when you come to church, you always leave with a sense of peace. Why? Because Jesus is really here. There's a power in these walls, my brothers and sisters. There is a real power in these walls and in that Eucharist. So when we come here, Jesus is saying, let me give you peace. Let me give you a peace that no substance that you try to abuse, no action that you try to commit, no sin that you try to commit will ever give you. Let me give you a peace that is beyond anything that this world will ever try to give you. And we do. When we come here, we feel it and we know it. In the depths of our being, we know that something powerful is happening when we come to Mass. Because he's here. And there's a peace that he wants to give us. And so my brothers and sisters, many of us might be saying, Father, I believe you. I believe in Jesus. I believe that that's the Eucharist. I believe in all of this. But really, truly, do we really believe You know, the shepherds today, they they get this message from the angel, and they hear it, and they could have just been like, well, I think we're hallucinating, or, you know, that's really nice. I'm glad that a child is born, and he's going to save us all. 'all you let's go and have a drink, you know? They could have done that, but what did they do? They turn to each other, and they say, let's go see what this is all about. Let's go figure this out. They make an action plan, and they do it. They actually make a change. It takes effort. They go and do something about it. Father, Father, I believe. Father, I'm a great Christian. Father, I have a lot of faith in Jesus. Jesus says, but show me. Show me. My brothers and sisters, we have adoration chapels that are open 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day. The chapel is open, Jesus present in the Eucharist, waiting for us. But guess what? The chapels are half empty. All of us claim to be believers, but it's not enough to just believe. Believing is not enough. Believing needs to be action. And so if we really truly believe that this was truly the Eucharist, this is really actually Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, Savior of the whole entire world, would this church be 30% empty right now? Absolutely not. On Sundays... Actually, every day, our churches would be lines out the door. So Jesus is asking, you believe? I want more faith. Show it to me. Come to me. Run to me. Show me your faith, and I will show you who I am. That's what he's telling us today. Don't let anything get in the way. Today, don't let anything else get in your way. What is getting in your way today? It's gone. Go to confession this week. Find a priest. Go to confession. Start again. That's what Jesus is waiting for. And so today, do we really truly want God to be our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, and our Prince of Peace? If we do, we'll come back to this nativity. We'll come back to the stable, and we will receive the real, true, living, breathing Jesus, who is our mighty God, everlasting Father, and our Prince of Peace. Merry Christmas, everyone.